Good morning. Repeat with me. Hosanna. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we come to You now and Holy Spirit, I beg You to fill my heart and my mind and my word, may my words be Your words and that we would honor the King right now. That we would study Him and His final words. And Thank You for this time and we can come together and when this message is over, we'll be able to remember through communion what He did for us. We thank You for this, this very moment. Christ, it is in Your name that we pray. Amen. Today's message is entitled, His Final Words. And if we could all turn to John chapter 12, briefly, I'd like to read John 12, uh, 44-50. There will be much Scripture covered today. I would encourage everyone to follow along as, as, uh, as you're able. John 12, excuse me, John 12, 44 through 50. Jesus cried out and said, Whoever believes in me, believe not in me, but believe, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me, and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment. What to say and what to speak. And I know that this commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Today we celebrate what we call Palm Sunday or the beginning of Passion Week. And often, uh, there are many things that are, are highlighted that happened from when Christ entered into Jerusalem until He was crucified, which we will celebrate the resurrection next Sunday. Uh, many, many things happened in that or we'll focus on sometimes the Last Supper, certain aspects of the crucifixion, the resurrection, but what I wanted to do today was very specifically focus on his final words. And we will begin talking through these in a moment. And as he was literally hanging on the cross, dying, he said eight things in seven different places, and two of them are repeated. And it's neat from this morning how seven has surfaced again. And please count along with me. But I want to really focus on him. And he was, he was dying. He was hanging there. He was being sacrificed for our sins. And what he was going through, none of us will ever know. And yet the things that he said and that came out of his mouth, and as he as he entered Jerusalem as a king in Matthew twenty one through twenty seven, or in twenty one and in Mark 11 and Luke 16 
And then in John 12, the triumphal entry. It's neat to see if we observe. He enters Jerusalem. He is proclaimed a king. Again, they are calling Him Hosanna. They welcomed Him in the name of David. The next thing that He did was that He went to the temple. And I thought it was a neat correlation how He cares so much about worship that when He was finally recognized and acknowledged as a king, the first thing He did is He went to cleanse worship and cleanse the temple. And if you'll think in each of your lives, when we, those of us who are saved, when we accepted Him as King of our lives, what is the first thing that He did? He came in, He forgave us our sins, and then He began to clean for worship. And I look back at how He began to clean in my life and the sins. Uh, even as a boy of 12 years old, how He began to clean. and He taught us so many things. And I, just, I wanted to work through the book of Matthew briefly. Just some of what you know, common things that he taught us as he was approaching the crucifixion. And he enters and then he curses the fig tree. He talks about the parable of the two sons. He talks about paying taxes to Caesar. And it's a neat side note if if the government ever questions us about our loyalty to the to the government and paying taxes, if we are a follower of Christ, you're commanded to pay taxes. He talks about the greatest commandments. The seven woes. Signs of the end of the age. talks about the day and the hour unknown. The parable of the talents that we all know. He taught about this the last week. Probably Tuesday, Wednesday before He was crucified. And then, the Last Supper, which we will celebrate here in a little bit. Jesus goes into Gethsemane. He's full of anguish. He prays. His disciples are there, but they're apart. And then He's arrested. And His unlawful trial begins. He's beaten. He's temporarily imprisoned. Then He's led away to be crucified. And this week, as we are approaching that Thursday night and Friday and then next Sunday when we're together, the Lord had started this message within me on something very specifically that Jesus said in the chapter, in cha- excuse me, in the book of John that I had originally talked with Pastor Mike about. And then it had grown. How can we focus on one thing, but His final words. And I want each of us to think about His final words this week and very specifically what He is teaching us. And remember, as we cover these here in a moment, He was hanging on a cross when He said these things. And He was being faithful to God and He was also teaching us. Teaching every one of us who will read what He said. So if we may, in Matthew 27 and in Mark 15, and I'll read from Matthew 27. An interesting note, there are slight um, written differences 
where Jesus said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Matthew did a little bit of study. is taken more from a Hebrew, a straight language of Hebrew, and Mark was written with more of an Aramaic twist. So you may see Eli, Eli, or Eloi, Eloi, Lama, Sabachthani. And it means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He refers to him as his God, which we will see. He refers to him differently a little bit. But he cries out. The first thing that he teaches us as he's hanging on the cross is to cry out to God. And this is a quote from Psalm 22, which we're going to read. We'll spend much time in the Psalms today. And I want you to listen to the heart of the psalmist as I read. And this is a messianic psalm. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? My word from words, the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry day by day, but you do not answer, and night by and by night, but I find no rest. You are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. And you are fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were never put to shame. It is the Word of God. The psalmist is crying out to God. Jesus Christ cried out to God. Can we do the same? Can we do the same? Listen more. And these are the words of Christ through the Holy Spirit, through David. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see, see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let Him deliver Him. Let Him rescue Him, for He delights in Him. He's being mocked on the cross. Yet, You are He who took me from the womb. You made me trust at my mother's breasts. On You I was, I was cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb You have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. All of my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like potsherd. My tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all of my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, help. Come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword. My precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. Even in the midst of his crying, listen. And he teaches us, I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And He has not hidden His face from Him, but He has heard when He cried to Him. When we cry to God, He hears us. 
but we are not forsaken. He is very near. From you comes the praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear Him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek Him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and He rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before Him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve Him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim His righteousness to a people yet unborn that He has done it. Men and women, brothers and sisters, when we feel alone, when we feel forgotten, we are not. He taught us to cry out to Him. It's the first thing He taught us hanging on the cross. Secondly, if we'll turn to Luke 16. So in Matthew and Mark, it was only recorded Forgive me. I'm uh, Luke 23. I apologize. In Matthew and Mark, there is uh, Alizee's physically hanging on the cross. One thing recorded that he said. In Luke, there's three, and in John, there's three. The first thing that Luke says is he is hanging there. Says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. What is he teaching us here? Nothing other than the law of love. He is teaching us to love those who persecute us. He said earlier in Matthew 5, You have heard that it was said. You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For He makes His sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you must be perfect. Be, excuse me. Therefore, you therefore must be perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. He is teaching us to love. And there was a reference again out of Psalm 22. They cast garments. They divided my garments and casted lots for his clothing. In Proverbs 25. 11 and 12, we read, excuse me, Proverbs 25, 21 and 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For you will heap burning coals on his head, and the Lord will reward you. The second thing is Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross that he taught us was to love our enemies. 
And if we are going to trust Him and follow Him, what greater thing that we can do than ask God to forgive them for what they have done? The third thing that He teaches us as He's hanging there on the cross in between two criminals, they're mocking Him. And He said, Today, you will be with me in paradise. He is teaching us about salvation. He is the author, the holder, the keys of salvation. He is the King. It is all His. He and He alone grants salvation. He is teaching us how simple it is. We oftentimes can make things I don't know if any of you struggle with this I do very greatly making things more complicated than what they are Romans chapter 10 says for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law that the person who does the commandments shall live by them but the righteousness based on faith says do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The Word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the Word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For Scripture says, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing His riches on all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Think of what the criminal said to him. He said, Jesus. He acknowledged Him. He called on His name. Remember Me when you come into your kingdom. He acknowledged Him as a king. Right there. This is how simple salvation is. Christ is teaching us about salvation. The next thing that He teaches us in Luke is about trust. If we'll look forward to Luke 23.46 Then Jesus calling out in a loud voice said, Father, into Your hands I commit My Spirit. He trusted Himself to the living God. Let's turn to Psalm 31. In You, O Lord, do I take refuge. Never let me be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver to me. Listen to the heart of the psalmist, everyone, and the trust that he, the trust that this psalm, the trust that Christ had in God. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake, you lead me and guide me. You take me out of the net they have hidden from me. For you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. 
You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. I hate those who pay regard to worthless idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in Your steadfast love because You have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul and You have not delivered me into the hands of the enemy for You have set my feet in a broad place. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted from grief. My soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. Because all of my adversaries I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances, to those who see me, those who see me in the street flee from me. I have been forgotten like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. For I hear the whispering of many, terror on every side, as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in You, O Lord. I say, You are my God. My times are in Your hand. Rescue me from the hand of my enemies and from my persecutors. Make Your face shine on Your servant. Save me in Your steadfast love. O Lord, let me not be put to shame, for I call upon You. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them go silently to Sheol. Let the lying lips be mute which speak insolently, insolently against the righteous in pride and contempt. Oh, how abundant is Your goodness which You have stored up for those who fear You and work for those who take refuge in You in the sight of the children of mankind. In the cover of Your presence You hide them from the plots of men. You store them in Your shelter from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for He has wondrously shown His steadfast love to me. When I was in a besieged city, I had said in my alarm, I am cut off from your sight. But you heard the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cried to you for help. Love the Lord, all you His saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly He repays the one who acts in pride. Be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for the Lord. He taught us to trust in the Lord, to place our hearts in His hand. Into your hands I commit my spirit. The next thing He taught us, if we'll turn to John. John 12. Excuse me. I apologize. John 19. Jesus is hanging on the cross. And if we look to 26, I see this and I, I am a, a person and I am partial to things. And this is what I had first talked about with Pastor Mike. He is hanging on a cross. He is dying. And He loves His mother so much, He honors her and tells her, He and John too, that John is now her son and that she is John's mother. 
says, woman, behold your son. And to John, he said, behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. This is, he taught us in this to honor God, to live out God's commandments, to care for those around us. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and He is hanging on a cross. And it says that He saw Mary and John there and said that. And it is, it is one of the commandments that are so unique in itself. In Exodus 20 or Deuteronomy chapter 5. Here in the Gospel of John. And then Ephesians chapter 6. Paul is writing and tells... Children, to honor your parents, for this pleases the Lord. I think about this and it is it is mind-boggling to me that he, he loved His Father so much. He was so faithful to Him that He made a point to teach us that He was taking care of His earthly mother. While she would have been she was already widowed, but she would have had no one at that point. I, uh, this holds a near and dear place in my heart. Uh, when I was young, and I mentioned a few moments ago, the Lord saved me when I was 12. I had a very hard heart towards my parents. And the Lord has been very, very firm with me and very stern with me as I have walked with Him about my heart and my attitude towards my parents. And... I can talk with someone. I could talk with each of you very, very quickly. And if the topic of parents comes up, I will know where you are at with Him very quickly. I will know where you stand. And do you, do you love Him? Do you love the Lord? Honor your father and mother. Do you fear Him? Honor your father and mother. Do you trust Him? Do you believe Him that He keeps His Word and His promises? He promises long life. Honor your father and mother. Each of us have so many opportunities who have parents, and even parents who have passed, to still honor them by speaking of what they did. Speaking how they taught. Speaking how they blessed. Speaking of what they have done. And I would encourage every one of you in the love of God, the fear of God, and in the faith of His promises to honor your father and mother. Jesus Christ taught us that while He was hanging on the cross. Next, He said, if we look in 1928, two words. I thirst. I thirst. One of the things I love about Scripture is it even says here, after this, Jesus knowing that all was now finished, He said to fulfill Scripture, I thirst. In Psalm 22, I believe it was verse 18, excuse me, 15. His tongue sticks to His jaws. 
If we read in Psalm 69, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into the deep waters and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with crying. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. More than in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause. Mighty are those who would destroy me. Those who attack me with lies. What I did not steal must I now restore. O oh God, You know my folly. The wrongs I have, not, I have done are not hidden from You. The psalmist is speaking. But his throat is parched. Christ said, I thirst to fulfill all Scripture. What, did he, what was He teaching us when He said these two words? One of the first things that He was teaching us is that all of God's Word will be fulfilled. All of God's Word will be fulfilled. The next thing that He teaches us, and it's amazing, He was a man. He was a human like us. He understands what we go through. He understands what it is to be thirsty, to be tired, to cry, to be happy, to be sad, to hurt. Something as simple as thirst. Another thing that He taught us, through this, and if we'll look in John chapter 4, now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and parted again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came down to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that was asking you, give me a drink, you would have asked Him and He would have given you living water. The woman said to Him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well and drank from it Himself as did His sons and His livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I, I may not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. He taught us that when we thirst, he can fill us up with living water. And finally, in John 23, excuse me, John 19, when Jesus had received the sour wine, 
he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. What did he teach us when he said this? He taught us that he was faithful. He taught us, each and every one of us, I believe the Lord gives something to do. He gives us a work. He gives us something to to accomplish in our lives. And we must finish faithfully. In John chapter 6, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in Me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen Me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives Me will come to Me, and whoever comes to Me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do My own will, but to do the will of Him who sent Me. And this is the will of Him who sent Me, that I should lose nothing of that He has given Me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of My Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life, and I will raise Him up on that last day. He finished strong. He finished faithfully. He taught us to finish when we are tired, when we are exhausted, when we are weary, when we want to give up, when we want to quit. Paul said in 2 Timothy, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also all who have loved His appearing. He finished faithfully. He finished strong. He taught us to finish to the end. And since He has finished strong, listen to what the Lord has done for Him. Since we then have a great High Priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Cry out to Him. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward since he himself is beset with weakness. Because he is obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor for himself but only when called by God just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a priest but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son, Today I have begotten you. And he also says in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, 
He learned obedience through what He suffered. And being made perfect, He became the source of eternal salvation to all who believe in Him. Being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. That was His reward for His faithfulness. He taught us so much through His suffering. And now on this day, we can remember Him, Hosanna, who rode into Jerusalem. And Philippians, we know that every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. May we learn from Him. May we remember Him. May we honor Him. As we studied in Revelation earlier today, He is a mighty King. He is the King of kings who sits on the throne right now. Whose eyes are like fire. And He is the Judge. Let us sing uh, number 204 in the, our uh, hymnal. Jesus paid it all. And we will be finished.